you know, Jake kind of stole my thunder this morning and asked the question I was going to ask, but any New Year's resolutions set out there? Any? Anybody willing to share? Jake, you, you did share. You said yours to lose a few pounds probably is what you said. Any, anybody else? Caitlin, did you have one? Will you share? Work out and get more healthy. Health is like a major one, right? That's, uh, and it's, that's a good goal. I, it's great for New Year's resolutions. Like, I want to get more healthy at the start of the new year. You hear that one a lot. Uh, anybody build something around, I want to be more into Scripture. I want to pray more. I want to, that type of thing. We have a few of those too. So also good goals. I, I don't know what goals you would have set for yourself. Um, I had a goal set for me. My wife says that I have to lose 10 pounds by the end of January. She's sending me to fat camp. So uh, now I'll tell you this. When I started the weight loss journey like two years ago, I lost 12 in a week. So I know it's doable. Uh, and, and I did it healthily. I just, listen, when you have Michael Phelps uh, caloric intake, but not his workout regimen, uh, it's easy to get bigger. So when you turn things around, you're eating grilled chicken and green beans, and your body's like, oh, look, a vegetable. For some reason, the weight just seems to run off. But, uh, you know, I know I need to lose the weight, but I got to tell you, those buffets, they're just so strong. Uh, the allure and the taste and the flavor and all those things. Now, I don't know about, um, I don't know about the successfulness of setting a New Year's resolution. It's not something I've done a lot in my life. The few times that I have done it, I'll be honest, I know I failed. Uh, probably within like week one because uh, I, I don't know why. <laughs> Habits are hard to break. Now, with the new year approaching, I like the idea of resolutions. I like the idea of setting goals. I like the idea of striving for better in the year to come. And I don't know about you, but the new year kind of hit me really well. Usually I deal with some, I'll just be honest, I know I'm open about this stuff, but I deal with some seasonal depression. And so this time of year honestly usually isn't good for me. But for whatever reason, this role of the new year has been like really rejuvenating to me. And I'm really pumped for what I think God has for you and for me and for us moving forward into 2020, and I'm just real excited about it. And so I thought, um, you know, maybe I would help us all out and set some New Year's resolutions for you, just like my wife had set for me uh, as a church. And um, for the next at least four weeks, unless something else comes up, uh, we're going to discuss some New Year's resolutions for our church. Now, they aren't just for this year. They're going to be things that I think that if we can start to implement and focus on will be good for Crosspoint for however many years we last, and hopefully that's until Jesus comes back. I won't be here, though. Um, <laughs> but they're for our future as well. Now, a little background just for your benefit. When I started to think about this series and I started to think about what it is that um, I wanted to set as far as a goal went, I asked um, myself one question. What do I, as the pastor of Crosspoint, want the congregation I lead to be known for? Because after all, it's us, it's the people that make a church, not the building, not the name, not anything else. It's you as individuals, it's me as a pastor. So what do I want us as a congregation to be known for? And I thought about that question and I prayed about that question. Uh, lots of thought life to it. Maybe you would say meditated. It wasn't like home or anything like that, but uh, just some time and thought about what did I think was important? So I tried to narrow it down uh, to three or four things. I, I didn't want more than four. I didn't want less than three. One of those two happy numbers of just some things that I thought, hey, this would be, if somebody said, what do you know about Crosspoint? People said these four things. I would just 
gush with happiness. I don't know how else to say it. Smiles and balloons, and my mom's looking at me weird. Did I say something weird? I said something weird. Uh, so today, we look at the first thing. Now, this will not come as a shock, and, and I'll tell you, the first thing that I want Crosspoint to be known for, somebody said, what can you tell me about Crosspoint? I want people to say, Crosspoint is a church that loves. Now, we have spent a lot of time talking about love near the end of last year, and that's because God was doing a work within me centered around that, right, of, of seeing that love was the most important thing. And so we did talk a lot about it, uh, the main focus being Matthew 22, 36 through 40, which says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so the rationale being what, the, what we came to is if, hey, if God says that love is the most important thing, then it should be our most important thing, right? And so I don't want to just regurgitate what I've said to you in the two or three sermons near the end of the year that we talked about that kind of centered around love. My goal is to give you something new, right? We'll probably mention previous ideas, but I want to really focus on how can we as a church love, how can we as a church love? And how can we as a church develop an identity to the outside world that makes them say, I may not know a lot about Crosspoint, but I know that they love people. And so that's the focus. Okay, that's the focus of today. Now, if I think about those things, again, those four things that I want our church to be known for, I just know at the top of the list is love. If it's the most important to God, it has to be the most important to us. And so what are some practical steps that we can take to become more loving individuals? How can we focus on being more loving people? And this is the first thing I have for you for the new year. And this is the, it's this, what goes in will come out. Okay. I'll say it again. What goes in will come out. Now I'll explain what we think about eventually makes its way out in our actions, right? What we focus our time around eventually makes its way out in our actions. I'm not standing up here saying, hey, playing a violent video game is going to turn you into a violent person. I'm not telling you that watching uh, mob movies uh, about the mafia is going to turn you into a uh, drug trafficking murderer. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that it would be naive to think that the things that take up our time don't somehow influence our day to day, right? So the things we devote our time to, the things we focus on, the things we watch, the things we listen to, eventually those come out of us in some shape or fashion. Dr. Caroline Leaf has a quote, and she says this, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Right? If we think positive, we will do positive. If we think negative, eventually we will do negative. Our thought life has um, a major impact on our actions, on what we do. Right? I shared a famous quote from Henry Ford in the past that says, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Right? If you think you can do something, you're right. You can. If you go into it saying automatically, not going to happen, you're also right. Whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And so... Let's talk about what it means to become more loving. Well, to become more loving is to become more like Jesus. And in order to become more like Jesus, we need to fill our day-to-day -day with more Jesus. 
Now, I think our church needs to do a better job. We'll talk about this on a separate Sunday. I, as a pastor, need to do a better job of leading us in a direction where we are growing spiritually and where we are becoming more like Jesus. I've realized that. God has placed that on my heart. We are going to take some real applicable steps to help the church as a whole move in that direction, okay? So have no fear. We're going to get better. But we need more Jesus. And the one thing I know about that statement is that no one can ever say, man, I think I've got enough, right? You don't get to a point, no matter how strong your relationship is with Jesus, where you say, I've had enough Jesus. You can be in your Bible every day. You can be journaling every day. You can be praying every day. You can be serving the poor every day. You can be as much like Jesus as anyone walking this earth, and there won't come a point in time where you say, I'm doing enough, right? Just not there. So all of us, I know for a fact, need more Jesus because that's always the case. I need the every hour, right? I need the every hour. We need Jesus all the time, all the time. And so to become more like Jesus, to love like Jesus, I know this, what we put in will come out. And so the more Jesus that we put in, the more Jesus will come out. So we need to listen to Jesus' music and we need to read Jesus' books. And we need to have Jesus discussions. And we need to think about Jesus. And we need to, to ask questions about Jesus. And we need to ask other people, hey, what do you think about Jesus? This is what I think about Jesus. Jesus needs to become an integral part of our day to day. And everything that we do, we need to be thinking about how does Jesus fit into this, right? As I teach my students every day in school, how can I show them who Jesus is to me? How can I show them the love of Jesus? As you do whatever it is that you do on a day-to-day basis, how can you fit Jesus into that? Because if we put more Jesus in, then more Jesus comes out. And I know God is more than this, but the Bible does tell us that God is love, right? And so Jesus is love. And so the more of that that comes in, the more that I know just naturally will go out. It's how our brain works. The more time we devote to Jesus the more people will see Jesus in us. It's just natural. And so, listen, I want to be clear too. Does everything we do have to be Jesus? No. Would it be bad if it was? Certainly not. Can you watch shows that aren't necessarily based around the Bible? Yes. Can you read books just for pleasure that aren't connected to Scripture? Yes. Can you listen to music that's not 88.3 The Wind or whatever the other Christian station is, 95-something? Huh? Huh? 99.5, my mom just broke out some like old gospel station, didn't you? The Gaithers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, mom. I didn't mean it. Uh, aren't you glad you came this morning? Glad you're here too. All right. Remember that fence I helped you secure for the new dog? Don't hate me. All right. <laughs> right? But, but So am I saying that we have to just completely do away with things that maybe don't have their basis in God and in Scripture? No. But I am saying that we could always use more of the other. And so the more that we can surround ourselves with positive relationships where we get to talk about Jesus and read about Jesus and watch things about Jesus and just surround ourselves in an envelope of Jesus, that's good. That's good. And, and I want people to look at you all and say, hey, they love. They love. Robin Huff, don't know a lot about her. I know she loves people. Johanna, 
Masterson almost called you Norsic. Don't know a lot about people, but I know, or don't know a lot about her, but I know she loves people, right? Heath Hamilton, don't know a lot about him, know he loves people, right? Names all across this room. May not know a lot about them, but I know they love people. I don't know a lot about Crosspoint, but I know that they love people. Just based on what they do, based on how they act, based on how they approach the world, I know that they love people. And I also know this, that love must be at the center of all that we do. Love must be at the center of all that we do. Every decision we make must have love at the center. Not everybody's going to agree with everything we do. Not everybody's going to look at what we do and say, hey, that makes sense to me. But wouldn't it be great if no matter what we did, they couldn't doubt that love was at our center, that love was at our core, that we did what we did because honestly, it comes from a place of love in our hearts and we're doing it because we feel like it's our best option. We're doing it because we feel like it's our most godly option. I, that's what I want for our church. That's what I want for you. Love must be at the center of all we do. This, I think, is the most important thing. And if I had one wish, if I could guarantee one thing, it would be to deliver this point in such a way that you not only grasp it, but that it just fires you up to want to live in this manner. I wish that I had the perfect words, but I know I am an imperfect person. And so Jesus, take the wheel. Carry underwood and all. Okay? Love absolutely has to be at the center of everything that we do. It is our main ingredient. Okay, we can serve food. Okay, I'm using a story thingy. We can serve food that looks appetizing, that comes out and makes your mouth water, but when you taste it, has no flavor whatsoever. Or we can serve food that maybe we're not sure about. Maybe we've never tried that before. Maybe we don't really know what we're getting ourselves into, but man, when it hits the palate, wow, where has this been all my life? What do I mean by that? This, okay? We can do the latest and greatest of church everything. We can have the greatest speaker, which you don't. I'm sorry. You can have the greatest music, which I'll tell you, you're closer than having the greatest speaker, <laughs> right? We, we can do all the best things. We can read the best books and we can, we can just, we can do it all. But if love is not there at the center, if love is not the inspiration for those things, we have nothing. It's all for naught. It is that food that looks appetizing, that makes our mouth water, that we can look at and say, man, isn't it beautiful? Isn't that exactly what it's supposed to be? But then it tastes like ash in our mouths. Right? Or we can do things that maybe we look at at first and say, that's not really appealing to me. Or I don't know why they made that decision. Or it doesn't look the most appetizing, but hey, maybe I'll just try it. And because it was centered in love, it's more than we ever thought it could be. It's more than we ever could hope for, right? So maybe it doesn't look the best, but in the end, it's got that flavor. And it, it's got everything that we needed because it sprung from love. As Crosspoint, as a church, as a pastor, I know that we will not make all the right decisions. I've never known anybody that 100% of the time does the right thing outside of Jesus, okay? And even he had people who weren't always on board, right? So I know that we won't please people 100% of the time. I know that we won't do the right thing 100% of the time. But I would like for people to know that 100% of the time we made the decisions we made 
because of the love in our hearts that stems from the Jesus that we serve. You may doubt the effectiveness. You may doubt the approach. You may think my strategy is nuts. You may think we shouldn't have done that. But at the end of the day, I want you to at least be able to say, I know Paul did that. or I know the elders decided that. Or, I know the leadership team decided that. Or, I know the church did that because they love people. And because in their heart of hearts, that's what they thought was best. Wouldn't that be a great way to live life? Wouldn't that be a great way to have people see you? Everybody's not perfect. We all know no one's perfect, but wouldn't it be wonderful for people to see you and know that, hey, at the end of the day, I don't really know why they did that, why they said that. I know that even though maybe it came off wrong or it wasn't quite right, it was from a place of love. It was from a place of love. That takes time, right? We're going to have to, to build a reputation, that, that has some solid ground to it, that has a firm foundation that, that is going to allow people to say, hey, Crosspoint did that because they love, right? To have that confidence. It doesn't happen overnight. We can't just expect people to do that. We can't just expect people to think that way because maybe the decision we made was biblically based, right? Does that make it a wrong decision? No, but, but, but I want to have such a reputation that people know that, hey, Crosspoint Fellowship, they are a congregation that loves. They are a congregation that loves. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body, to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Because we can serve up the most appetizing looking food in the world, but it can be missing that main ingredient, love, and it can be nothing. And I don't ever want to be in a position where we find ourselves there. I don't want to do the new hip thing just because it's the new hip thing. I don't want to do the old set in stone, been here for a thousand years thing unless it's based out of love. We find value in things all over the map. But if we aren't doing them because of the love in our hearts and if those actions aren't born out of love, we have nothing. In the end, the one thing that we can never have doubt is that we acted in love. In the end, the one thing I want Crosspoint to be known for, even if we miss the other three things we'll talk about, which I don't plan to, but even if we do, I want us to always be known for love. That church loves. Those people love. We aren't always going to be right, but we can always act in what we consider the best interest of others and do so in a loving way from a place of love with the goal of serving other people. Now, let's talk about some practicality to what I've talked about today. One of the things I've thought of, and we've done something like this in the past, and I like the idea of it. I'm not going to force anybody to do it. I'm not going to follow you around in your day-to-day and check up on you and call you and make sure that you did it. But I want to see cross-pointers performing acts of love throughout the year. 
And I would like to see those successes put somewhere so that other people can see the successes that we've had. So I know in the past we've had a jar, we've had a list of just different acts of love, okay? Different acts of love. Because why? The more love we put in, the more love that comes out. And I think it's important to practice. So the practicality aspect of this is we're going to come up with opportunities to serve our community around us. I'm going to buy the coffee for the person behind me in Starbucks or Classic Rock or Black Lab or whatever coffee tickles your fancy. All right? Or I'm going to rake my neighbor's yard or I'm going to babysit someone's child or I'm going to make them a meal or without asking, right? Without asking. I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to... They're going to be available for you. I'm going to find them. They will be here next week. I'm holding myself accountable. You can hold me accountable to it. They will be here next week. Just opportunities for you to serve the world around you. And then we are going to have a place to display those successes, not to make anybody feel bad, but to celebrate the love that we have shown. I know that love is so much more than these little actions, and I'm not saying that that's all there is to it, but... As we're going to talk about next week, Crosspoint needs to be a church that doesn't just talk, that does. I want to be a church that does. And so we're going to have those opportunities, some practical steps for us to take to show love to the world around us. And hey, you may come up all with your own. I want you to write down what what it was, and it can be anonymous, and just put it up in the place. And I'm going to get us a place. We're going to have a place to put stuff. Okay, but I find this to be very important, and I hope that you'll join me in doing that, even though it may not be convenient, even though you may not see the point, even though you may not see that there's purpose to it. I don't know what excuse we can come up with. I don't know what reason we can come up with to say we shouldn't be doing it or It's not serving a good enough purpose, but I just want us to get out into our world around us and to love other people. So I'm not going to ask you to raise hands. I'm not going to ask you to shout out, but I will just ask you, will you join me this year in being a person and a congregation as a whole that loves the world around you? Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to serve you, to be in your house with people that I love. I am so incredibly blessed to call Cross Point Fellowship the congregation that I am the pastor of. And I've uh, met so many great people and, and that just have hearts for you and that love you more than anything in the world. And Lord, I pray that you help us in this new year to just continue to find our direction and to 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 serve the world around us, regardless of all the things we've talked about in the past, regardless of what people may have done to us, regardless of what people may say to us, regardless of if people come off as appreciative or um, just whatever may get in the way of us loving others, God, remove it. Remove that distraction from being a part of our equation. Help us to just see love as what love should be a gift that we give freely to the world around us because love was given freely to us through Jesus on a cross all those years ago. Help us to be a people, a church, a congregation that just spreads love to everyone around us. Help me to be the leader that I need to be to keep us on point, headed in the right direction 
so that when we're here next year, we can see the fruits of our labor and we can see the benefit of everything that it is that we've done. Help us all to be leaders in our community who show Christ's love to everyone we come across. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.